Music draws out our hopes and declares what we believe. Can you imagine this season with the gifts and the traditions and the party and the food, the family and all of those things without music in the middle of it? Can you imagine trying to go for a whole December? Some of you start in October with the music, right? But can you imagine going for a whole December with no Christmas music? I would imagine that if you tried that and did that, that you would walk away from the season feeling empty. Something was missing. It wasn't as full. Because the music of the season is such a vital part of it, right? Why is that? Because music draws out our hopes and declares what we believe, right? That's why there's so many powerful carols that we sing in this season. That at the start of the first couple notes... You know that song. And you can sing it without even thinking about what comes next. It just comes out of you as you sing joy to the world and, and hark the herald angels sing, right? Uh, because it's, it's so, music is so powerful, it draws out our hopes and declares what we believe. And in this Christmas season here at Napnaz, we're taking a moment to realize that in the middle of the nativity, there was music. There were songs that were sung by different characters in the story, declaring what they believed and drawing out the hopes of what they uh, were hoping that Christ was going to do, what this baby meant. And just as we still sing in this season, they were singing the first carols 2,000 years ago. And in those carols, we see their hopes are our hopes. What they believe is what we are hoping to believe, wanting to believe, needing to believe. How many of you recognize the uh, name Travis Tritt? Yeah, some of you guys are uh, country music people, right? I myself am not a huge country music fan, but I grew up in Iowa, right? Like every other station is a country music station in Iowa. So I appreciate it. Um, but Travis Tritt, I remember growing up, Travis Tritt was around, right? You guys remember him? I read a, 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 an interview with Travis Tritt, and it kind of had, had to do with this whole unique thing. Travis Tritt um, was telling about how he was trying to get started, right? Get his career, launch his career, get off the ground, get recognized, maybe get a label to, to sign him on. And you know what that means? That's a whole lot of playing a, whole, uh, a lot of places that are, uh, you know, not well known, right? It's the far away, it's the hole in the walls, it's the kind of rough. And Travis Tritt said that he just played a whole lot of those places. And he said inevitably he would be playing his music. It would be a Friday night or Saturday night. And you know what happens, right? A lot of times uh, somebody says something to somebody else or somebody looks at somebody the wrong way. And all of a sudden in the middle of their Saturday night with music going and a lot of alcohol flowing, what happens? We call him a barroom brawl, right? And he said, man, it was like over and over. He said, I, I was in the middle of playing my guitar and singing and things are going back and forth, right? He said, I didn't know how to handle it. And so he, he, uh, he finally decided, he kind of stumbled across a, a way to handle it. When that would break out, Travis Tritt would stop his song and would begin to play Silent Night. 
This is a true story. I'm not making this up. And he said it was amazing. The fight would stop. And he said, I have actually seen grown men cry in the middle of a fight because the music brought back the memories. And just what, you know, carols have such a powerful Christmas carols. He just plays Silent Night. He said, they'd look on, some of them crying, just all of them quiet, as he said, I sweated and played Christmas carols, trying to get this thing back to normal. You know, the song I want to look at today um, would not have had that kind of effect. The song I want to look at today is, is a song that actually would have had the opposite effect. It is a revolutionary type song that was sung. We call it Mary's song. That Magnificat, right? You're familiar with it. It's one of the most famous songs in all of the New Testament that has been sung. Many different rhymes, or, or, or not rhymes, but uh, music has been written to accompany these words it's the song of uh, probably a 15 14 year old girl who has had all of these miraculous things happen in her life her world is turned upside down um, as an angel has appeared to her and as she has begun to experience the promise of God in bearing the child of God and in the middle of that 15-year-old or 14, whatever it is, we're not quite sure, but she was in that range. She's had to leave her hometown. She's had to go spend time with her cousin. She's had to get away from the shame of being pregnant without being married and then having that kind of story, right? Think about trying to believe that even in today's society. Really? You know? And so she's gotten away from it. She's got to spend time with her cousin Elizabeth. And it's in that time that even though the circumstances were difficult and her life was truly different and was going to be different, I mean, 180, that she burst forth in this song. She can't help it, it overflows. When it begins to dawn on her what role she is playing in this story. What is happening with her personally. And then as you see, as she sings in this song, what is happening in this world with Jesus coming to earth. It's as if she is beginning to realize that there is a new day coming. This carol from a sweet, innocent teenager sings like one of the greatest revolutionary songs that has been sung. She is proclaimed. What, what a contrast. She is proclaiming a new day is coming. Or there's a new sheriff in town. I was thinking about that as she's singing about this new and a new sheriff in town. And my mind was kind of, you know... Anyway, 
it went back, and I, I happen to remember, how many of you watch the Andy Griffith show? Or have? Yeah, right? Classic stuff. If you didn't raise your hand, don't let me see you, all right? Got to watch at least a couple episodes. But there's that one episode, uh, <clears throat> it's, I think it's entitled The Big House, okay? And so the, the gist of the plot is, uh, there's been these bank robbers that have escaped and are around Mayberry. And they've actually apprehended two of them. And they've put them in the Mayberry jail. And yet there's still two on the loose. And so the state police are needing Sheriff Andy. If you don't know this show, you're not going to know what I'm talking about. But to help... <clears throat> him to help them try to apprehend the other two so that leaves barney barney fife in charge of the jail and in that jail are two well-known criminal bank robbers right and all of a sudden you can just see in this episode barney a new day has come a new responsibility has been assumed and almost in a way, it's like there's a new sheriff in town, right? And so I've just stolen a minute clip from that to kind of remind you of, of that scene. Yeah, I hope some of you go home and watch an episode just for the fun of it. It's a new day, right? Barney's in charge of the jail. He's even got Gomer as his deputy. Things are not going to go wrong, right? You remember that episode, they escaped like three times or something. But um, It's a new day, right? Well, honestly, in all seriousness, what Mary sings about is that the significance of Christ coming is a new day. It means something bigger than just a personal salvation that's extended to each and every person. There's something bigger that is happening as Christ comes to earth. Let's look at these. Mary says, My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. 
man, these words right here are, they're huge words. And really what is being sung about is a, is a girl that's just bursting with joy. That even though her life's different and her circumstances are hard and her future is unknown, she is coming to realize that she gets to be a player in the story of God. She gets to play a role in God coming to earth in the Messiah. And what that truth exceeds the other things in her life, the hard circumstances, the unknown future. And I would remind you just as a sideline that the greatest joys in this world come. The greatest fulfillment comes from finding and knowing what God wants to do with your life and living it out. You can even live through difficult circumstances and you can even live through a, a future that's unknown and live with exceeding joy when you live just knowing that I'm God's child and God has a purpose and a plan for my life and I'm getting to live it. I'm getting to live it out. When that happens, you'll find that there's a level of satisfaction and joy that cannot be touched by any circumstance of life. And that's what Mary is, is feeling. Like, it's not easy for her right now. She's not at home. She's been kicked out of home. Right? And yet, my spirit is rejoicing in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. Again, we just get a picture into the people that God uses. God always uses humble people. And she's just saying, listen, can you believe this? Do you know where I'm from? I'm from Nazareth. It's nowhere. Do you know who I am? I'm a nobody. No one knows who I am. And yet, you are going to use me. It's such a beautiful picture. And you see, as she writes, as she sings this song, there's like 11 Old Testament references in this song. It's full of what Mary knew God had promised, about what Mary knew God was all about. And I'm reminded as I read this song and I think about who God uses, that God always uses people greatly who know his word greatly. She's just full of it. And it's obvious that his word was central to her life. And so she's realizing what he's doing with her. It's just spilling out what he has promised and what he has said. You know, really, as she sings this, she sings, For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. She begins this song reminding us that God loves, God loves the underdog, the disqualified, the unimpressive. And I can't help but start to read this song, listen to this song, read it on paper and think about Mary's life and realize that God always, always uses greatly the underdog, the disqualified, and the unimpressive. That's what God does. And you and I should find a lot of comfort 
in that. Because what that means is there's not a one of us that God cannot and will not use. I really think that our world for 2,000 years has elevated Mary to such a high position, right? Because the promise was she was going to be blessed, right? Her name was going to be blessed. But especially different traditions have lifted her up even higher. That we look at Mary and we forget who she was, where she came from. We tend to think that she was like born a saint and born in a special place. She was as ordinary as common as could be. And she is reminding us that God always used the underdog, the disqualified, the unimpressed. That's what he does. That should give you a tremendous amount of hope. It reminds us that our ambitions in this world to make a difference, to be used by God, should always be to seek humility, not glory. To labor for the Lord, not yourself. Don't worry about who gets credit. Give without expecting anything in return. Take the back seat. Mary is all of these characters, a humility of her life. This is what God uses. This is how we make a difference. All the while, our world is, is trying to, to inundate us with thoughts that if you're going to get anywhere, you've got to be assertive, stand up for your rights, blow your own horn, pat your own back. And yet God uses the humble in the greatest ways. God loves the underdog, the disqualified, and the unimpressive. And yet as she continues to sing, she takes us beyond just what God does with us to a greater reality. She begins to sing words like, His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has remembered His servant Israel, this lowly nation that was just captive most of the time. He's remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. And you begin to see a theme come out. What is Mary realizing about this baby that's going to be born? What is it that's happening? What is he about? What, what do we need to know? And she begins on these themes that have been told in the Old Testament. And as she sings these truths, we begin to realize Jesus is going to be the fulfillment of all that was proclaimed. Listen to the phrases that she says. She says, he scatters the proud in the plans of their hearts. She begins to sing about a moral revolution. That the way that the world has understood how to do things, how to live, Jesus is going to show us something that is far more powerful and that hits at the center of how God has always designed us to live. 
in a Roman society, in a Greek society, in those melting pot of cultures that Mary lived in. It was all about dog eat dog. It was look out for yourself. It was don't value anybody else's rights or life or place in society. It was just get all you can with all you can. And yet Mary begins to sing songs like he scatters the proud. Those who have conspired for fame, position, status, wealth. What Jesus is bringing to this earth is diametrically opposed to the ways of this world. It's a moral revolution she begins to sing about. She sings words like like this. He casts down the mighty. He exalts the humble. There's a social revolution that is beginning, that is going to take place with Jesus. Jesus is going to be the start of putting an end to the world's labels. What he is going to be about is going to put an end to classes and societies and rank and file and what the world thrives on, what the world runs after, what the world thinks is going to fill their life. Actually, she's singing about a Messiah that's going to come and blow that up. She's singing things like, He has filled those who are hungry. Those who are rich, He has sent away. She starts to sing about a theme throughout the Old Testament, there's an economic revolution. I would remind you today that we live in a very upside down world. We do. If you were an alien looking on at this world and all that plays out, you would say that's a messed up place. I'll tell you how messed up just last week. Look at this. Just read this. That's not a joke. That's a Miami art show and an Italian artist who decided for his work of art for this show he would get a banana and duct tape it to a wall. That's art that also brings 120K. What in the world have I been doing? I'm seriously going to start showing up at the Toledo art with just stuff like this and see if it takes off. $120,000! What is wrong with our world? It's a 10 cent banana and probably 10 cents of duct tape. We are so messed up. So upside down. You want to know? Just look at that. Just think about that. Let that sit on you for a while. 120K. You know how messed up our world is? That in Miami, just a few miles from that art center where somebody's going to pay 120,000, are homeless, starving, hungry people. And you can't tell me somebody that would look on at this world and say, that's upside down. 
that's messed up, right? We live in this kind of world. It's upside down. And what Jesus has always been about and what Mary begins to sing about, what Jesus is coming to do, it's more than just affecting how you live your life or it's more than affecting your personal life as far as having new life. It's about how you live your life. It's this idea of a kingdom, a new way of living, a lifestyle where the king is coming and he's going to do the work that needs to be done through providing for our salvation. But that's just the beginning of his work. His work is to establish a kingdom where justice and righteousness and equality reign. Where love and mercy are extended. Where care is given to every member. The kingdom of Jesus Christ is what she is proclaiming. She is echoing down what has been sung down through the Old Testament. Who is God? What is he like? What does he want? All these rules. What is that about? Why does he do this? Man, he's a mean guy sometimes. Why does he want him to do this? Why are the prophets saying this? It's, it's like the culmination of what God is, is coming in Jesus Christ and we're seeing the themes that the prophets have proclaimed in the Old Testament about God caring for the marginalized, God caring for the poor, God caring for the hurting, the downtrodden. I would remind you, I was just thinking about this after the first, uh, first sermon. I don't know if I can find the reference real fast. But the first words Jesus ever preached. Um, yeah, probably shouldn't do this on the fly. Yeah, just a few verses later. Jesus stands up. First sermon he ever preached. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. He has anointed me to proclaim good news to who? The poor. To help me send, to, he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You see, God's plan and what Mary is singing about and what Christmas started wasn't just the fact that you and I can now be reconciled to God. It is now that you and I can be a part of his kingdom on this earth. It's a lot bigger than me and you. It's about, whoa, he is ushering in a kingdom. It's a revolution against the worldly systems of this world that prey on one another, that hurt one another, that break one another, that war at one another. In the middle of that is the kingdom of God that is seeking to bring healing and hope, forgiveness and love, compassion and mercy to this world. Can I get an amen? Please be on board with that. That's pretty basic. Think about what the prophet Isaiah, This we know this, prophecy the most famous one in all the old testament to us a child is born to us a son is given jesus right government will be on his shoulders he'll be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end kingdom language the in-breaking kingdom of god has started in the son jesus christ that's what mary's singing about she can't it's gonna happen it's going to happen. 
Things like he will reign on David's throne over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. You know, honestly, what we have hoped for, to live in a society that's fair and just, compassionate, caring, supportive, is exactly what the kingdom of God. It's what the prophets would proclaim. I love this, this verse from Amos. He says, when the kingdom of God comes, let justice roll on like a river. Right? And let righteousness like a never failing stream. Man. Mary is proclaiming what Jesus is going to do and start. That's why Jesus can't stop talking about this one word, kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is in you. I am the kingdom. See, Jesus came not to just punch you a ticket to heaven and to make you feel good about having a new life in him. He came to help you become a part of his grand plan, which is to usher in his kingdom. And that kingdom is on, going on and on and on until it becomes the kingdom of this world and there is a new heaven and a new earth. That's what he's wanting to do. That's what Mary's so pumped about. That's what we, we need to understand about Christmas is kingdom. Not just personal salvation, but new kingdom living and lifestyle. A new heaven and a new earth. I would say it this way. Christmas is the establishment of the now, not yet kingdom. You see, Jesus, as he begins to live out his own life, as he begins to preach things like the Sermon on the Mount, he begins to give us a whole under, new understanding about how life is to be lived because we have been so darkened in our thinking, in our minds, by our own selfish pursuits. We, we didn't know, and he begins to pierce through that and show us that life was actually meant to be lived this way. Blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. And he begins to just give this, really it's a kingdom manifesto is what it is. He begins to usher in a whole new way of thinking and living. What is he doing? He is bringing the kingdom of God to earth. And then as he lives out his mission as he provides for our salvation, as he rises from the dead, as he ascends to the Father, and as he sends the Holy Spirit, his desire has always been the same, that his spirit that lives in us would create the same kind of dynamic that Jesus Christ himself lived, bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. <laughs> and what we learn is that this kingdom that he brings, that inbreaks into our world through the lives of his followers. It's a kingdom that there's always a struggle. There's always resistance. There's always times when this kingdom people fail and fall short of the kingdom ideals. And yet, the kingdom that he started by his coming to earth is a kingdom he promises 
will never end and it will never fail. It will never stop. It will continue. And that as this kingdom exists, there will come a point where he will begin to act in larger ways and and he will establish a kingdom here on earth. And we will realize what it is to then experience the everlasting kingdom. But it starts now. And yet there's a part that the greater days are not yet. That's what Mary's singing about. That's what Christmas is about. It's more than me and Jesus. It's, whoa, it's Jesus changing the world through his kingdom. I would simply say it this way. Christmas is the beginning of the world being turned upside down. Or, no, right side up. She she knew I was going to say that. She told me I was. It's upside down. Christ is beginning to turn the world. You say, I don't see that. How can you say that? Have you looked out the window? Have you read the newspaper, watched the news? This world. And I began to think about that myself this week. I began to think about how has Christianity changed the world? Has it really made a difference? Has the kingdom that Jesus ushered in through his birth and his life and coming into his followers by his spirit, has it really made a difference? What is it? And I began to read and scholars and historians who understand the the course of this world and I begin to see my goodness we live in a world where Christianity has changed everything Jesus comes begins his movement I love how N.T. Wright says this is the day the revolution began and out of that his followers began to live his life and All of a sudden, the sanctity of human life begins to rise in this world. Life never used to be valued at all. There was no comprehension that man was made in God's image. And people were expendable. Roman society, I mean... Abortion was rampant. Adoption, you just had a baby and you just dropped it off on the street if you didn't want it. And all of a sudden, these Jesus followers would say, hey, we'll take that baby. We'll go into that street. We'll come alongside you. You need to understand that life is valuable to God. Every life, always valuable. We'll help you if you're hurting. We'll come alongside you. And all of a sudden in this world, there was a new day, a realization of the sanctity of human life. Think about the fact that Jesus valued women. They were the first to see him, to witness his resurrection. They were his witnesses. It's Jesus and his God and the epistles that says, listen, there is no such thing as free or slave, Jew or Greek, male or female. In a society where women were property, didn't have any rights. 
the phenomenon of Jesus in breaking kingdom in the world sets this world toward the right path, that all are equal. It's the same with slavery. It was Christians that began to push, to live, to inbreak into this fallen world the ideas that there was no race that was superior to another that we all were created equal. That's the kingdom. And even though it's been threatened, and even though there's been Christians, or so-called Christians, who have fallen far short of some of these ideals, it's still true Christian believers who have helped inbreak the kingdom of God into this world, changing this world. It's things like I begin to read about and be reminded of things like uh, the, the family structure, as Christians that begin to bring that into our world. The sacredness of sexuality. It was Christians that brought that into the world. The holistic care of the human. Hospitals are a Christian thing. Nursing homes are a Christian thing. Orphanages are a Christian thing. Homeless shelters are a Christian thing. Places for people to go who are hungry and starving and homeless. It's a Christian. It's a kingdom inbreaking into this world. Education was a Christian thing. It was Christians who wanted to understand more greatly the handiwork of God, the creation of God. Science. It's so backwards now. But it was the greatest scientists. They were Christians who wanted to understand God's world. And they began to inbreak into our world how God had designed and created and made us. It, it goes on and on. What I'm trying to tell you is that the kingdom of God is inbreaking into this world. And although it sometimes has been threatened... Sometimes it's had losses. The promise is it's never going to lose. In fact, the greatest days are ahead. In fact, the kingdom of God is going to be an everlasting kingdom, an eternal kingdom. And Jesus, that day in Bethlehem, started the kingdom that's never going to fail and that you and I get to be a part of to see this world change. The biggest thing is before Jesus the world, by and large, had no concept of a deity or a God who even cared about humanity. The gods didn't care about us. They used us. And all of a sudden, through the life of Jesus, there became an inbreaking into the thinking of this world. There's a God who cares. A God who loves. What I'm trying to remind you of, I recognize that the kingdom of God is taking shots right now. And it's hard sometimes to see the kingdom. But it's not going to fail. There's, there is no stopping it. It is going to continue to advance. It is going to continue to bring the truth, the light of Christ into this world. And in fact, the promise is 
this child who's born, this son is given, this kingdom is going to be established in a permanent, everlasting way. And justice will roll like a stream. And righteousness will rain down. And equality will exist. And compassion will be the economy we live on. And all of those things. That's what Christmas is. It's the establishment of the kingdom of God. So today, I just hope that in this season, you recognize that Jesus coming to earth and Christmas isn't about an eternal kingdom that is now, it's not yet, but it is changing this world. And you and I get to be a part of that. To find our place in the kingdom. To know our role and through the power and the grace of Jesus Christ to bring healing to bring hope, to bring justice, to bring righteousness into a broken, fractured, upside-down world. We keep being the salt and the light of the earth, turning it right side up, knowing that Jesus is going to finish the job. And so I just want you to stand this morning. I want you to sing this song as we go. I just pray that it sits on your heart. Maybe the words will sink within you. You forget what I said, but you'll remember these words. Let's just sing this as we go. You know this chorus. This is our thrill of hope today. The reality that what Christ did in our world is the beginning of setting our world right. Changing our world until it will become a new heaven and a new earth. Thank you, Jesus, for coming for us but also coming to establish your kingdom, to change this world, to reclaim it, to make it new. Help us to find great hope in the fact that we are a part of a kingdom that will not fail and that cannot be destroyed and that will actually experience its greatest days. New heaven, new earth. 
glory that this babe in a manger is the one who is changing this world. Help us to be a part of that. Help us to find our place. Help us to find hope in this reality. Thank you. Have a great day.